The Florida Gators landed a commitment this weekend in Peyton Joseph, and we're going to talk about him with Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider, here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast and on YouTube. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers join today and you'll get 150 bucks in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And joining me today is going to be Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we talk 2025 and a commitment, and a commitment, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And Brian, let's start off with the big news from this weekend for the Florida Gators was that they landed a commitment from 2025 blue chip offensive lineman Peyton Joseph out of Georgia. What are your thoughts on him so far? Well, he plays at Houston County in Warner Robins. It's one of the best areas in all the state of Georgia. And he had offers from all the right people pretty much down south. 6'4", 305, he's a mauler. And we both know, based on many prior conversations right here on this very show, that Florida needs offensive linemen. So this is a win for the Gators. And he had, like, again, legitimate offers around the, around the south. Highly touted guy. Look, they need about three more on his level, at least in this class. And that's going to be difficult, but they got to make up for some prior misses the last few years. This is a good start. Now, how many more they get, I don't know. But, like, recruiting is so fluid right now. I found out about it maybe 12 hours or something like that before it was going to happen, like the night before. So, you know what? The one thing that Billy and his staff have done is recruit just random kids from Georgia that you wouldn't think would end up in Florida. He's gotten some of them, some from like North Carolina, Mississippi, et cetera. He's, he's done well with it, straight up. You got to give the man credit and his staff for that matter as well. So hopefully for them, he can play pretty early. But based on his offer list, I'd say there's at least a shot at that. Yeah, um, half of the Florida Gators class right now from the state of Georgia with Peyton Joseph and Josiah Abdullah both being – that's from right. Jordan, yeah, two from Florida, and I mean that the staff did that last year too. There was a certain point where they had five or six kids from the state of Georgia committed, and it was like, well, that's more than any other state, which is a very weird thing. But for Florida, how important was it for them to secure a blue chip offensive lineman this early in the process, where they've they've never secured one that early before? Last year's Fletcher Westfall in the spring summer, in fact, might have even been fall time. And then you had. Um, Caden Jones, the cycle before that, committed at the All-American game. And then prior to that was Rod Kearney, who you flipped from Florida State in the late summer, if I'm not mistaken. So this is the earliest that they've gotten 
a blue chip offensive lineman committed to their class. I think it's huge. And I don't totally understand this, but it's just true across the country for years. O linemen tend to commit earlier. And if a really good one, obviously this kid is, he's you know, ranked top 150 by several services, et cetera. If you can get one in the fold early, like the Gators have, perhaps that can be the conduit to a bit of a domino effect. Now, I, I don't have specific names I would go with that. O-line recruiting is so broad that you need so many numbers. If I was to guess, I'd say Florida's offered 35 offensive linemen, if not more. It's just kind of the nature of what college football has become with recruiting. But if you get one, it makes it more likely for two. If you get two, it's more likely for three. That's just the way it works. So this is step one for them, and it's only mid-February. So Florida's probably a little bit ahead of the curve, as goofy as that might sound. You'd like to get one more before spring balls out if you can. Then the official visits, there's not as much pressure. But I would think four is the minimum number the Gators need up front this year. Yeah, if you want to get one more, I'll flip Solomon Thomas from Florida State. Just saying. Um, but with, with Peyton, good luck with that. But yeah, hey, just saying. Uh, with Peyton Joseph now committed, he's someone who is generally thought of as he can play either guard spot or center as well. How important is it to add a guy that's that, we'll say, positionally versatile at this point in the class, or is, is that kind of just a thing that you look for with offensive linemen? Of hey, you got to be able to play at least two spots, just with how fluid modern football is on the O line. I think if you're not playing two spots, then you're not really a power five or now, excuse me, power four guy and soon to be power two, depending on how you want to look at it. But I think he's kind of the epitome of it. He's even been talked about a little bit as a tackle. If you look at Florida's O-line last year, Florida only knows they suffered a lot of injuries, which sucks. You need guys that can move over, especially guys when it comes to center. Like you need three guys at center because anything goes wrong there, just it's downhill from that point forward. And, there are teams sometimes that are in the middle of their toughest road game. A center goes down, and then some freshman's got to play. You don't want to be that team. You need guys that can snap almost in every class, at least as an option. So that's good, and you need size there too. So Florida did the right thing by getting a really good player, but one that, from based on everything from his press clippings, can play multiple spots. Napier and those guys need that. I think it's a pretty good start for the Gators up front. And I have just general – recruiting curiosity Peyton Joseph is someone that participates in track and field does this shot shot put and I know that you know for receivers and DBs it's always like oh yeah you, you gotta run track and field like that's a big sure. addition for you there offensive line wise is, is that something that is generally looked at with like com competing as shot put is that considered a, a, a plus or is it just like hey it's something the kid does I think it's a measurable I know that uh, Andrew Ivins from 24-7 he's a big track guy I talk to him about that sometimes, but number one, it's not their numbers. Are you competing and are you training? Um, it's okay to be a single sport athlete. There's certainly plenty of them. Uh, LeBron gave up football after his sophomore year of high school. Good move. So it just depends on who you are and what you want to do. But this is a way for big guys, especially to stay busy in the spring. A few of them even run track as in run, but that's just to try to stay in shape. But if you're doing this, it's also helping your upper body strength and it's technique, it's hand-eye coordination. I think it's important in some capacity. This doesn't have to be tracked, but good for him because that's not easy. Shot and that stuff, it, it looks easy. If you've ever picked up one of those things, that is not a good time. All right? I don't think I would enjoy it, but if he's doing it and promoting the fact that he does, he's probably pretty good at it too. 
Yeah, and before we move on from the offensive line here, I did want to ask, Florida just lost assistant offensive line coach Darnell Stapleton. Has not been filled yet as to whether or not they're going to add a second offensive line coach like they had with Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton or whatever they're going to add. But how does losing an assistant offensive line coach that's on-field staff member, how does that really impact recruiting at this point in the cycle? To just They've just got that vacancy now. That depends on the following questions back to you. How much faith do you have in Sale as a recruiter? And how do you think Billy is going to go after this? Because number one, you could hire somebody else to do something else on the staff. Maybe you get a second D-line. There's a million ways you can do it. Regardless of which individual is hired and at what position, O-line is a massive undertaking in, in recruiting right now. And like if you and I have talked about this in the portal, when somebody enters the portal at O-line or D-line, everybody's like, they're hovering over it because it takes forever, especially O-line, to develop them. And everybody wants to win now. So it, you can't get further behind, and the Gators are a little bit behind, especially by their standards up front. You can't miss on this class. Again, four is minimum of what they need, higher quality guys. If you take a fifth, it's a little bit of a project, but he's 6'6", 275. Okay, I get it. But they need a lot of quality. All hands on deck with recruiting a line. Because of the quarterback, I know DJ Lagway is one of my favorite players from the last class years too. But if he's sitting on his rear end, he can't throw the ball. So they got to make sure that whatever way they go, everybody is recruiting a line. That is arguably the number one thing on their board in this class. And again, it's numbers. It's a long haul, but alignment again, typically commit early. And that's not up north. Now it's everywhere. It's just the nature of the beast. So they need to either get another guy in there that's doing it, or they have a senior analyst on offense, something to help. But it's the entire staff that's got to figure that out because I know they're trying to recruit across the board and do good, and they're, they're in on a lot of kids. They don't fix O-line in this class. It's not going to matter who the head coach is. They're, they're just going to be a, a mediocre football program. It's got to get fixed. Yeah, uh, you keep mentioning, you know, you got to add four or five offensive linemen. Maybe like one's a project. Florida's kind of gone the opposite route of every that's class. Right. Like last year they brought in Fletcher Westfall as a blue chip, and then it was – three, three stars that were all thought of as developmental pieces and Mike Williams, Marcus Maswell, and Noel Portnagan. So yeah, it might be nice to add uh, guys who are a little bit further along in the process right now. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's 150 bucks if your bet wins. And now you've got win totals. Florida's five and a half wins with plus money there. So, yeah, uh, that's how that's looking. I'm not going to touch that. That's right where they should be. Five wins, six wins maybe. So not touching that one, but the NBA is coming back this Thursday. So if you want to take advantage of those bonus bets at any point before, college basketball, soccer, whatever it may be, visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and shoot your shot. Remember that FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Moving on from the offensive lineman, we are going to talk about a Kylan Deer running back out of Mississippi, which Florida added top running back from the state of Mississippi last year, if I'm not mistaken, and Cannon Daniels, who's a damn good runner. What's your opinion of a Kylan Deer? 
He's my favorite running back in the class of 25, regardless of state. I make the following statement with an asterisk. One of my all-time favorite players is the person I'm getting ready to name. But before I say this player's name, note that I'm saying they are similar styles. They are not the same player. Make sure we we understand that. So a Kylan Deer is the same player. Got it. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Unbelievable. You New York people. All right. Um, Eric Dickerson coming out of high school, everybody in the country had him as the number one guy. There wasn't any deba- debate, et cetera. Similar style. Eric's a little taller, et cetera. And Eric was like a kid that could have said, screw football. I'm just going to go be a triathlete. Or I'm going to – any sport Eric wanted to play, it would not have mattered. He was the best athlete on the field every day. Similar style because when a Kylan hits the corner, it's bye-bye. But usually sprinter guys like that, when they run off tackle, they'll tend to bounce more. And he will occasionally. But there are plays when you watch his film, he's a human battering ram at full speed. And I met him this past weekend at Under Armour Atlanta. He is put together. I'll just leave it at that. He's lifted a little more often than I have. I'll put it that way too. I can I can assure you of that. And he's a confident kid on the field, off the field, honest. He is across the board, the kind of prospect you're looking for, very articulate. I'm like, Give me more of those. These are the kind of guys I want to interview. These are the kind of guys I want to be around. Ford is one of a gazillion schools recruiting him. Um, I know that it's kind of bad history with Mississippi, Florida, and the school Auburn, but he did grow up an Auburn fan, and he offered that out there. The the wound might be a little fresh, but uh, his dad's also an Auburn guy. Ole Miss has prioritized him. Miami's recruiting him. Like Miami's prioritized him. You know, they're in South Florida. There's plenty of running backs down there. This kid can go any school he wants. I love his upside. Ford is one of the schools that's got a shot, but I don't think he has any idea when he's going to make a decision. You know, he's talked to, he told me towards the end of the year, but like he's kind of whatever. This is going to be a long recruitment, probably a player that we will revisit multiple times because as much as coaches hate this, this is the one time they don't have the upper hand. It's on the player's dime because he's an elite player. He can pretty much pick up the phone and do what he wants when he wants. That's just re- reality. I mean, he kind of knows it, but he's a pretty good kid too. So I would imagine Ford is going to be involved with this one. Let's see, as I always say, in the spring, who gets the unofficial visits because they lead to official visits. Gators are doing a pretty good job uh, from just talking to different kids up at Under Armour in Atlanta, getting involved, getting in the mix. But now do they come down to Gainesville? Used to be like when Meyer and some of the other guys were there, they just they just killed it in the spring. They need to see that again. So if they could get him to come all the way from Quitman, Mississippi, and I don't even know exactly where that's at, but it's a program that's always had good players. It's not it's just another small town in Mississippi, which is typical for that state. But if they can get him down for an unofficial, that's a sign for Billy and the Gators they got a shot. Yeah, I would like to know what you think. How do you even pitch that if you're Florida to bring him in? Is it just – we're going to run the hell out of the ball and we'll throw it to you out the backfield. Our running back had the third most catches on the team last year. Like what is the, what is the or third most targets on the team? What is the big selling point? If you're Florida to Kylan Deer or any player where they go, I can go anywhere I want. DJ Lagway would be where I would start. I mean, great players want to play with great players. I don't care where DJ's at. And I stood next to him and watched him throw. I stood next to him at the Under Armour game 
on the sidelines. He's the kind of kid people are going to gravitate towards. Very intelligent, easy to get along with, humble, despite being a guy that looks like minus the face that he's 25 years old because he's so put together. Like legitimately, he looks like he's in the NFL already. So that would be my first pitch. And then Billy has a great reputation with running the ball. That we can we can bitch about Billy in a lot of ways with what he's done at Florida. That is not one. They've done a good job with it. So we're going to run the ball. You're going to have a quarterback in front of you that's very very talented. And above all else, you can help us rebuild Florida. I can almost guarantee you those are three things that are going to be in the conversation. And why wouldn't they be? Finally, as I say on this show a lot, it's the University of Florida. Let's not make this harder than it is. This is not hard to sell UF. For anybody that's been to the campus, the area, if you can't sell UF as a coach there, then you suck. That is an easy sell. So they've got things working for them, but they got to get him on campus this spring. Yeah, it's uh, like Billy Napier said when he got hired. If you can't get 25 good players to come to play for the Florida Gators, not going to be employed very long for the University of Florida. That's true. Billy, Billy knew that one, yeah. He, he's hundred percent right. It's it's in my opinion a top five job in college football for a reason. Recruiting is a big part of it. Yeah, and I would like to get just your I guess your your opinion of Jabar Luke, Florida's running back coach, because I feel like he's taken quite a bit of flack for not bringing in you know the top running back in this class or the, even a top five to ten running back in the class. But when you look at the guys that they've brought in. I think everyone's unanimously pretty high on Kanan Daniels. Uh, Jaden Ball. Jaden Ball is a high ceiling player, I want to say. Trayon Webb played a bit as a true freshman, which I feel like he deserves some credit for that. And you have Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne used to be. Uh, but then you also look at Jabarji Luke at, at Louisiana. There was one year where they had three NFL running backs in the backfield with Elijah Mitchell, uh, Raymond Calais, and one of the other dudes over there. But they had three running backs. I feel like they've never brought in the highest ranked guys, but they always find value with their evaluation with Jabar Jaluk. Jaluk is a guy I've been around, and he's he's good. He's good people. First off, I don't think he'll have a hard time recruiting. I, in fact, I know he doesn't. Easy to relate to. He's a guy that'll answer questions with guys like me on the sideline at a high school game. He's all about interior power plays. He wants to double the point of attack. He doesn't make any bones. This is what we're doing. We're going to out-execute you. We're going to drop the hammer, and we're going to give our running back a one- or two-way go, depending on the play and what you're in. But you're going to have to deal with a really good athlete in space. They're trying to open the hole to get him downhill at top speed. That's it. It's kind of like old-school uh, Redskins, 1982 or something with John Riggins, in a way. That's In a lot of ways, it really is, but with better, you know, better athletes today overall. I think he'll do pretty well with that, by the way. Both the kids they signed last year, you and I talked about this on air, off air, are really good. They'll be fine at running back at four. That is the least, at least if Gator fans are smart, that should be the least of their concerns. Now, if we want to talk about the offensive line again, maybe concern about depth in the secondary, depth at defensive line, what's going on at linebacker. There's a lot of questions elsewhere. Running back, I'm not concerned about. And it's not just whether or not, I mean, getting deer would be, don't get me wrong. If you took her just one running back this year and you told anybody on Florida State, it doesn't have to be the running backs coach, you told anybody that it was a Kylan Deer, they would sign right now and be done because he's conservatively a top 10 running back nationally by anybody's account. And I think he's the best, but whatever. 
if you can get an elite guy like that with what they're building and hopefully for their and for your own sanity and, and your lack of psychology bills, maybe they get some more offensive line to block for this kid. They should be fine. Their scheme is fine. They they got to be more consistent with the recruiting. It's just too many pitfalls, highs and lows. Running back's not the biggest concern, though. Adding Deer, though, if they, like, if they got him early, maybe that could also draw some kids in because he's a dude. I mean, Georgia would take a Kylan Deer. That, that tells you something. If, if you didn't need any further estimation, Georgia really likes that kid. Just saying, Georgia took Chauncey Bowens, and that, that one tumbled, man. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn isn't just some other job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. They do that and they make the process easier for you. Hiring so easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to actually go through the whole process and give it its due diligence. So they try to make it as easy as possible. They just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process just that much quicker for you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're going to wrap up looking at just the Florida Gators 2025 class as a whole. We spoke about that last time a month ago or so after Jalen Wiggins initially committed. At this point now, as we're getting closer to spring ball, just how do you feel about where the Florida Gators class stands with Jalen Wiggins, Peyton Joseph, Josiah Abdullah, and Waltez Clark all committed at this point. Well, I, I like the group overall. Let's let's use Clark as an example. He's a kid I know. When I first met him, he told me he was an edge rusher, and he was going into his junior year, and I, I talked to him again a little later, and he's like, I'm playing running back. He's just a great athlete. Uh, by the way, he's another kid that Georgia offered soon after he committed to Florida, so take that for what it's worth. Great athletes like that that have size. You can play linebacker. You can play running back. He could probably play edge. When you're getting that kind of talent and that versatility, that's a great start. They just got – I mean, Peyton was coveted by all kinds of schools on O-line. And then Abdul was a kid I saw at Under Armour this weekend, and I saw him in the state title game, 6A in Georgia. He was good in both. On my timeline on Twitter, he burned some kids so bad it's hilarious and scored a touchdown by about five yards. Uh, I just put that up. It, it, it was a really good double move. And then finally, Jalen Wiggins is one of my favorite players in the state of Florida for the class of 25. He's, and I'm sure this will break Florida fans' hearts. He's from Tallahassee, right down the street from Florida State. So, I mean, right now, one through four, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Is it on par with where they probably would like to be? I'm sure they'd like a couple more commits. But as most Florida people know, the kids in the state of Florida in particular are pretty slow to commit. So let's see where they're at this summer. Like, what was it they got, Brent? Uh, Mid seven, eight, June. eight commitments in June, like that four days. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but they're probably going to be May, June every year. And it has nothing to do with Billy Napier. That's just kind of the nature of the state. So right now, it's all about 
getting kids on campus. I could say that 500 times and it wouldn't be enough. They're going to make slow, deliberate decisions. Even if they commit, I could care less right now. Who's taking, it's just true. Who's taking official visits to Gainesville? And it starts like mid-May this year. You can start taking officials and then it goes on through the end of June. That's what it's about. you got to get the kids on campus late February through the end of March for those unofficials for that to happen, though. That's the way it happens every year. Doubt that's going to be any different now. Of the four kids that are in Florida's class right now, I feel like I'm going to regret asking this question because I, oh I, think, boy. I think he's the highest flight risk at this point. But who do you think is the most valuable of the four? Oh, wow. I'll say Wiggins because D linemen are always just really hard to get. Um, Maybe flight risk. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about flight. I, all of them, because they're all kids that are from really highly competitive area. Let's use Joseph, for instance. Warner Robins has three schools. Okay. One of them, Warner Robins High, is a perennial state title contender. Every school in the South recruits there. Hell, Notre Dame goes down there and recruits. They don't recruit a lot of rural spots in the South. That's one area they do. Every kid on this top two, 250 list, the kids like from Idaho or anywhere, they're all going to get coveted now nationally. It used to be when I was a kid, there were about five schools that recruited nationally. Now there's about 25. So the, the flight risk thing, it is what it is, brother. So it, that's not a Florida problem. That's nationally because everybody is cutthroat as it gets in recruiting. It's just true. So I'd say Wiggins would be the hardest to lose especially because I think if he didn't go to Florida, he'd go to Florida State. He lives in Tallahassee. It's not a hard projection. After that, I think it's Waltez Clark because he's so versatile. Again, he's played running back. He can, he can play linebacker, edge, and he's a really good athlete. Those kids are hard to get on the field and are hard to take off the field because they just find a way to get there. He'll play special teams right away from Florida, and he could be that power back that Billy wants. Like he wants to play downhill. Maybe he's another guy. If they added a Kylan Deer with that, that'd be as good a one-two punch as you could ask for. Yeah, and before I let you go, I did just want to ask because Florida recently did what a lot of programs are doing now where they, they've shifted a bit to a, an NFL front office-style approach where they've got a general manager now along okay. with their director of player personnel and scouting, recruiting li liaison and all this stuff. What kind of advantage if any, or, or what's the benefit of shifting to a general manager approach when it comes to actually building your roster in the SEC? I think it's absolutely something you have to do now. Here, here's This is how it was explained to me by a couple of people and their opinions. When a coach is coaching and managing a roster, it could be Bowden at the end of his career, Spurs, somebody like that's really well-respected or a newer guy. You only have so much time. We've alluded to it on today's show and Sadly, just about every other. The words transfer portal also send coaches to the psychiatrist. There are a lot of college, literally college coaches leaving or doing everything they can to leave because of NIL and the transfer portal. They hate its existence. It's a nightmare. They need more help with it. And a person that's a general manager, for lack of a better term, everybody's got a different name for it at every school. And within three years, I think every power four, two, whatever it's going to be, will have one, all they're going to do is go around and get analysts and different people in the back office. We need to understand what so-and-so's class was like in this. You're going to study everybody's roster. 
sickening as it is, because when Johnny jumps in the portal from school X, even if it's North Texas State, I mean, you look at some of the kids that, like Jerry Verse, he transferred from this random school, goes to Florida State and is an All-American. Florida's had some smaller school kids transferred that were good, et cetera. I mean, it's across the board. You've got to know who everybody is. And of course, if you can get in there and you get entrenched in the university, you can hopefully, as the general manager, stop some of your guys from leaving. Coaches are unbelievably stubborn human beings. The most stubborn people I know, and I deal with them daily, that don't do real well when they don't get what they like. And 17 to 22-year-olds aren't real open-minded. It's a terrible combination sometimes. It's kind of like conflict resolution. You need more people to make kids look at things from a broader picture and the coaches. How can we fix this? And if he is going to leave, let's make it amicable so you don't burn bridges at the high school that kid's from or the junior college, whatever. There's a lot of good that can come of it. I'm curious how it will go long term. But again, from my explanation and, and from what I've been told to present what I just said, it's been consistent with people that don't even know each other. It's about managing the portal more than anything else. Nobody's going to want to openly say that because it's awkward. Nobody even wants to bring up, oh, we're going to need the portal. But you know, everybody does. You know, Stanford is about the only school that's not going to use it. That's why they're going to be three and nine to five and seven for the rest of their life. They don't take transfers very often. So I just think that you have to have one. And I also think just a projection, there will be a lot of assistant general man or whatever player, because you just need more expertise. It could be an old coach doesn't want to deal with recruiting directly and just stays on campus, wants to get the benefits and still be around the game. They need wise people like this to help figure out, okay, if we've got two extra scholarships, where do we drop them? And here's why to talk to the coach about it, go over ideas and strategy. It's no different than the NFL draft in a lot of ways. It really is. I know you're a draft guy anyway, but <clears throat> excuse me, this is everything because that one transfer that you save or you add could be the difference between you going to the playoff or not. Roster management, man, I, I always calculated at about 80% of your importance as a program that's recruiting, that's portal, that's JUCO kids, everything. Walk-ons, that's what this position's about. It is very, very important. Yeah, um, it, it's just it, – I'm happy to see Florida kind of get there because it's, it's such a new thing in college football, but it's sure. been so fastly growing where so many programs now have it, and, and it's just insane because I feel like Florida is one of the – last or, or like middle tier to last ones that have added a general manager, but it's also six years old that the teams have started doing it. So it's just, it's an insane thing. But glad to see Florida finally adding Jacob LaFrance there. Who's been with Billy Napier for years. So knows what he likes, has that relationship and hopefully is going to uh, get this program. Right. But thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith locked on recruiting insider. Catch him every week on Locked On Gators. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel and catch him on Locked On Seminoles. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33, and I'll see you all next time.